Thanks, Donnie. Yeah, it's exactly what Donnie said is what I was going to bring up is just that um, an addiction epidemic naturally leads to a foster care epidemic, and we've seen that in our town. And so I think it's cool that um, even before One Harbor got heavily involved with that addiction ministry, we had started the on-ramp process of getting these foster families up and running in Carteret County, and so it's been cool to see those two things come together and us be able to just really love the community well in that way. So my name is Emily, this is Kimberly, <laughs> and um, yeah, we just want to share a little bit with you guys about what it's looked like for our, with our experience with foster care and adoption. We think it's a really cool way to put the gospel on display in the community in a practical way, and um, I know there's actually a lot of you in the room who already have caught this vision, so I wanted to just take a minute to see if you have been involved with foster care or adoption, could you raise your hand? I'd love to just celebrate that. Yes, that's a lot of hands. Yeah, I've been, I've been, it's cool because I knew kind of what was already happening at One Harbor, but even as I've been meeting some of you and hearing your stories, I'm picking up on the fact that you guys have a good handle on this already. So um, it's very cool. So I'm going to first just share a picture of our family, the Wrecker family, and tell you guys a little bit about us. That's, that's the current situation. It's changed a lot over the past five years, but currently we have, um, we have twin boys who are two. You can pray for us with that. And then um, Judah Cash is four, and then um, Carmen is our 15-year-old foster daughter who we um, have had since February, and we are moving towards uh, adoption with her. So we're pretty excited about that and stoked about that. And Brian and I had decided while we were dating that we wanted to get into foster care. It's something that we actually talked about, and I would encourage you if you're in the room and you're single and you want to get married one day, something to consider is to think about having that conversation ahead of time um, because it was cool that our hearts were aligned on that. We just figured it would probably be later down the road, maybe after we had some babies, then maybe we would bring some more babies in that way. But God had a different plan for us. And I was actually working in the church office at the time, and this lady who was a social worker in the county was coming to me and asking me to tell the people in our church that we needed foster parents desperately. And she would come in once a month and give me this sheet of paper to type out and send out. And I sent it probably four different times, and there were no responses. And finally, I sat down with Brian when I had dinner, and I was like, babe, I think maybe this is the time. I think it's now. Um, and so we, I sat down at a coffee shop with her and asked her every question I ever had about foster care and adoption. And she so graciously answered them for me. And so we started the licensing process, got licensed, and we actually got our first placement um, the day after we found out we were pregnant with Judah Cash. So that was a really special day. It was also Mother's Day. We just saw God's hand all over that. And so um, we've had five different uh, placements throughout the past five years, and we're working towards adoption with our current placement, which is cool. And since we said yes, what we've seen is that it just helps for people to see it on display, like in a community. When people start to see people doing it, they start to meet the children and see the experiences um, it, it lights a fire in people and I think helps them see like, wow, maybe we could do this too. So over the past five years, there's now somewhere between 15 and 20 families in the One Harbor umbrella who are licensed foster parents who have even adopted through foster care. And so I think it's cool that even in the Department of Social Services, it's known that One Harbor owns this. And I think we, I think it will only continue to grow, but right now I'm really excited to say that I feel like we're known for that in the community. So Kimberly, I'm gonna pass it to you to share a little bit about your family. Um, yeah, so I'm Kimberly. I'm married to Brian, and this is our family. 
um, is current situation. Um, we have Lila Faye, who's eight, Dawson, who is six, and then we have um, Trayvon, who is two, and Madison, who is two. You can also pray for us. When Emily and I get together, <laughs> it's just chaos. Um, Trayvon and Madison actually came to us um, through the foster care system. We adopted Trayvon last October 31st. Um, and as it turns out, because God is just kind in the little things that he gives us, we are finalizing Madison's adoption um, on October 31st this year. So um, they'll share an adoption day, which is so fun because they're pretty much like twins. Um, and then I also just, I didn't have this in my notes, but I also want to say because sometimes this can look, it can look this way with um, foster care as well. We, one of our previous foster placements, we've had a total of four and we've done some respite care here and there, but one of our previous foster placements um, is still super involved in our family and she would be sad that she's actually not in this picture. Um, and I just want to say sometimes even after the foster kids have gone on to wherever they go from your home, they can still be a part of your family. And that's our story, too. So we consider little Mariana still one of ours. Um, and I think that's like a, a big part of it. So, um, yeah, Brian and I, unlike Emily and Brian, we actually never set out to foster. But like them, it was a conversation we had from the beginning. Um, we actually met through doing orphan care overseas, which was cool. Um, so we had this like mutual desire to adopt from the beginning. Um, for us, it was just like the story of the gospel um, being put on display in our home and um, in our community was, and, and for ourselves. I mean, it just was a beautiful working out of the gospel and that really attracted us to it. Um, so we started researching adoption um, and you know, there's so many ways to adopt. Um, and we just felt this heart to like, okay, let's just start local. Um, and so we started asking questions about local adoption. You have to take these classes. Um, and so we went to the classes and through taking those classes, we just learned about the need of foster care. Um, Brian and Emily had been fostering for a bit um, and that even helped confirm it for us. Like, man, what some of our best friends are doing this. There's this huge need, let's do this. Um, and so like two classes in, we looked at each other and we were just like, hey, like let's, let's just table kind of the adoption conversation right now and just put our yes on the table. It looks a lot scarier. It looks a lot less predictable, um, a lot out of our control. Um, but, but this is where the need is. Like, we're going to put our, put our hands up and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. So, um, yeah, our long-term goal was always to adopt. Um, but it was just kind of a temporary setting aside. And it took some mindset shift because again, foster care and adoption can look very different in different situations. But, as we were like going through the process, we realized, man, like it's gonna look a little different um, to foster rather than just adopt. Yeah, that's cool. Can you explain what foster care really is? Yeah, so um, before I kind of chat about what foster care is, I just wanna acknowledge that we're talking about foster care and adoption, but both of our stories are through the foster care. So it, our talk may just look a little more heavy on the foster care side, because that's what we're kind of living out. But this is about foster care and adoption. We're gonna share a little more about our hearts um, on like what it means for the church and God's heart for adoption and, um, and foster care. Um, but, you know, adoption, 
um, is a little more straightforward and sometimes people are confused like what foster care is and you hear the term foster to adopt and sometimes that gets confusing so I just want to like share a definition of foster care so that we just kind of are on the same page about knowing what foster care is and distinct from adoption. So foster care is a productive service for families. It's families helping families, children who have been physically abused, sexually abused, neglected or emotionally maltreated are given a family life experience in an agency approved, certified, or licensed home for a planned temporary period of time. The primary goal of foster care is to reunite children with their families. So that's a really um, important distinction to make between the two. Um, foster care is just a bridge. Um, sometimes the bridge is back to their biological family, um, or if the court system, after the long process that, that they, with social services, has just worked really, really hard and really faithfully to try to get the families back to their family, or kids back to their family of origin, if that doesn't work out, the kids then go on to an adoptive family. And sometimes it's the same. A lot of times um, it will be the adopted, or the foster family that adopts the child, but um, that's not always the case. So um, yeah, simply put, foster care is temporary, adoptions forever, and there's like, there's just a huge need for foster families, and there's a huge need for adoptive families, um, and both are desperately lacking. Yeah, can you share some of those stats with us, Kimberly? Yes. So when I pulled some stats, I only was looking at the states, and I know we have the, have Canada in here, and I, um, I didn't think to pull stats of Canada as well, so I'll just make that little distinction. Um, so there are over 100,000 children in America waiting for adoption, um, these stats were all taken from the year 2017. Um, on any given day, there are well over 400,000 children in foster care. In the year of 2017, just short of 700,000 children spent time in foster care. On average, children remain in state care for nearly two years, and 6% of children in foster care have languished there for five or more years. Um, and then moving on, more than 17,000 young people aged out of foster care without permanent families. Um, research has shown that those who leave care without being linked to forever families have a higher likelihood than youth in general population to experience homelessness, unemployment, incarceration as adults. And, oh, okay, sorry, that was the last of those slides. Okay. Um, so here in Carteret County alone, just talking about stats, like in our tiny little county, we have between 80 and 90 kids in the system, um, and we have less than 30 foster homes, which is really cool because, like Emily shared a, bit, a minute ago, we have um, between 15 and 20 families from One Harbor, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, so when we look at those stats, um, it's, it's like a sad figure, those overwhelming numbers. Um, but it's, it's actually not overwhelming when we think of it as an opportunity for the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, so I'm going to have Emily share what our responsibility is as a church. Yeah, so thinking about jumping into orphan care, whether it's through foster care or through adoption, you have to be willing to become vulnerable, and you have to be willing to get hurt. And that's not always easy, but honestly, it's the gospel, and it's what God did for us. So in Galatians 4... Verses 4 through 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. So the Bible is full of all kinds of metaphors about the gospel, but I don't think there's one that's more powerful than us being adopted. We're his daughters and we're his sons. And so Jesus died to take that pain on and abuse himself, and he received the curse that our sins deserved so that we could be welcomed into his family. 
Um, and, and even in Psalms, God says he sets the lonely into families. And so he settled us into his family, and now we get to catch that same heart for orphan care and, and do something about it. So um, we were his orphans, but we've been adopted, and now we want to become like him. And we're not just going to enjoy the comfort of, uh, you know, our father's house and enjoy our nice, safe Christian family, but we're going to open up our hearts and our homes to have that same courage that Corey was talking about and speaking about earlier. So it's not about us being rescuers, but it's more about the, the overflow of love that we receive is now being poured back out. And so I think the church can often be known for what we're against in the community when people think about the church. And so I think it's a really cool opportunity for us to be marked by love for what we stand for, to be the home for these fatherless children and to be known as a place that becomes home to people. So um, just thinking about how beautiful it could be if um, we really owned this in our communities and the children were exposed to the love of Jesus and to a church family who treated them like their own when their biological families maybe weren't able to. And, and that's another whole part of it is the shared parenting that we get to do and the relationships that we get to have with these kids' families and showing them who Jesus is and what his love looks like as well. So um, and going back to one, the one statistic that Kimberly shared about the number of kids in care or who are waiting to be adopted, if one out of every three churches in America owned one of those children, there'd be zero kids waiting to be adopted. Like one, one, one out of every three, that's just one family. So there's work to be done, but it's not such an overwhelming amount that we can't make a difference. Um, so what would it look like for our county to see Christians really letting the gospel radically change the way that they live their lives and open their homes? And what would it look like in your neighborhood to see the gospel put on display through the love of orphans in your city? And you may be afraid and think, wow, like it could be difficult or it could be painful and to be honest, it will be difficult and it will be painful and there will be heartache involved, but we were broken and Christ drew near to us. And the cross was painful beyond belief, but it didn't stop Jesus from, from going there and enduring that pain to be able to bring us into his family. So um, on a lighter side, there, there, there will be pain, but there's also going to be a privilege and a joy that comes with that. I think about our first placement, the very first one, okay, and we went into this saying that we would take kids six and under, because that's what made the most sense with how old we actually are. Well, our first placement was a 14-year-old girl, and we've never had a placement under six. <laughs> They've all been older. We've had teenagers. Um, but when she first came to us, there was some really heavy abuse that she had endured that made it very painful and even uncomfortable at times um, to, to be around her even. But after just a few weeks of being with us and sitting on the front row in church on Sunday, um, we heard her going through the house singing, your love never fails, it never gives up, and never owns out on me. And that's powerful. Like, that's part of the privilege, and it's, um, it's a joy. It was a joy for us to see God breaking down those walls and letting her see what it looked like to be loved on by, by a church family. So I'm not saying that this is for everyone in the church to foster or to adopt, but it's worth asking what we can do personally because we've been made a part of a family and given a home, and now we get to welcome others in. So, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what it could look like for you guys to get involved. Um, if you're interested in fostering or adopting, just some practical things we're going to put up for you guys. Just pray about it. Ask God to make it clear what he's calling you into and what, what that looks like to be obedient. 
call, practically call the local Department of Social Services and ask how to get involved. Ask what that looks like in your county. It is different county to county and state to state, so find that out. Um, have coffee with a social worker or maybe a foster parent that you know or an adoptive parent and just get your questions answered. I think just educating ourselves can be a really helpful way to get started. Go to the classes, get your home ready, get yourself licensed, and then um, get others involved. Finding a support system is really important. Um, and then if you're not feeling like that is what's for your family, just be willing to get behind and support other people in the community who are foster parents. Um, so what... Since you said like it might not be practical for everyone to be involved um, with foster care or adoption specifically, um, what would it look like for other people um, to get involved and to run with the cause as well? Yeah, we've seen our One Harvard Church family do an amazing job at this, which is where I got all the ideas that I've listed here for you. So if you want to support people who are doing this, bring them meals. Set up a meal train for the first two weeks after they get a placement and just show up at the door with food. Our, our first placement, the boys were so confused why dinner kept coming to the door. Um, They're like, why, why? And we're like, man, this is our family, and they love you just like we do. Like, eat some food. Um, ask what they need. Send them an Amazon gift card. Ask how you can pray. Offer babysitting. That's a huge one. And then be willing to bless the children as well. They're going to need aunties and uncles and grandparents because they've been pulled out of their families, and they've experienced a lot of loss. So be willing to step in and be the fun uncle who Donnie's done this for our kids, like taking them to TJ Maxx and giving them a huge shopping spree for Christmas or whatever. I think that's a really beautiful way to show your support. Um, and so in closing, if you guys know someone who's considering fostering or adoption that you can come along and support, don't let them do it alone. It's a vision for an entire community and for a church to do together. And the fact is, there's really not a better human institution that's prepared and equipped to approach the pain and the struggle of foster care and adoption than the church. Like, if we're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Um, not only do we have the community for it, but we also have the gospel motivation that helps us act and love and care for children who are in a really difficult time. So Jesus sought, out, sought us out, and now he's put us on mission to save the lost and the broken and the orphan. So at this time, if you guys will just talk and pray about what it looks like for you to bring this back into your churches and into your communities.